I remember that uh, in the very beginning when Sarah and I started living as digital nomads, her parents were kind of like, didn't really know what this was all about. It was totally foreign. They had never heard of anyone else doing it. But then when we got to go back and spend weeks with them, which we wouldn't have in the past because we had jobs here in Cincinnati and they live in Michigan, uh, they were like, okay, this is interesting. This is cool. You know, we get to see a lot more of you. Hey, what's up you guys? My name is Mikko Krasnowski from ThatRemoteLife.com where we hear from location independent entrepreneurs and professionals so you can learn to quit the cubicle and live life on your terms. Now, today is a deep dive Thursday episode, which means that we take a little bit of time to dive in deep on topics related to location independence and online business. And today's question actually comes from one of you guys, a listener to the podcast and uh, or if you're watching on YouTube, uh, a viewer of the YouTube channel. And this listener's name is Logan Rebel. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly, but Logan reached out to me over social media uh, and asked me this question. Miko, what is the best way to stay in touch with your friends and family while living as a digital nomad? Or in other words, how do you keep in touch with friends and family without having face-to-face -face contact with them. Now, I'm really happy uh, to hear this question because it is a really important topic that I don't think is often discussed. Um, I think a lot of content on the digital nomad lifestyle just tends to focus on all of these benefits of, you know, getting to live wherever you want to and, you know, kind of like living this remote lifestyle. Um, but one of the negatives is that a lot of times you don't see your family as often. Uh, you are maybe living in a part of the world uh, that is far away from your family or you're just traveling so often and for such extended amounts of time that you don't get to see your family very often. Um, and so I do have some thoughts on here. Uh, this is something that I've been doing for the last three plus years. Uh, and in that time, I have gotten the chance to really learn how to stay in touch with my friends and family while being abroad and while living as a digital nomad. So with that, I have three uh, ideas and plans for you guys to execute in order to stay in touch with your friends and family. So let's dive into that. So the first kind of thing that you can set up is actually a weekly check-in day with your friends and your family. Now this is something that I've been doing for over a decade now. Uh, when I was 10, uh, my family, my parents and I immigrated to the United States from Bulgaria. And this is actually something that we started doing back then. Uh, essentially, we left all of our family behind in Bulgaria. And what we started doing pretty quickly were these weekly calls with friends and family back home in Bulgaria. And so usually what, you know, what this looks like is every Sunday morning, uh, while we're having our coffee and our breakfast, we'll just, you know, pull up Skype or FaceTime or whatever, Zoom, and we'll just call friends and family. Uh, we call my grandma all the time who's still living in Bulgaria. We'll call my aunts and uncles and some other friends. Uh, and it's just a really nice way to get your Sunday started. Uh, just kind of spend a couple of hours getting in touch with your family. And this is something that Sarah, my fiance and I uh, continue to do when we're traveling as digital nomads is we take Sundays and you know, it can't be in the morning uh, since when we are in Europe, the morning there is in the middle of the night in the US, but what we'll do is we'll set aside a little bit of time every Sunday afternoon 
when we'll call my parents, her parents, uh, any other friends and family back in the States that we want to kind of touch base with and see how they're doing. Um, you know, it doesn't really, it's not the same as getting to hang out with your family, but while you're traveling in a way, it's a really great way to kind of, you know, really touch base with them, see what's going on and get a little bit of face to face time, even if it's digitally. Now, my second tip is to really lean into the fact that you're a digital nomad uh, and to have your friends and family come and visit you wherever you are uh, at the moment. Uh, this is something that, again, my fiance Sarah and I got to do a few months ago when we were living in Mexico. Uh, and my parents ended up coming down and spending some time with us in Mexico. And this is, I think, like a win-win because A, you get to see your family or friends and B, your family and friends get to have a really awesome experience. Uh, they get to travel, they, they get to get a little bit of vacation time in and come and, you know, get a look in your life and, and get to live a little bit with you and, and kind of see what your experience is like. Um, and I think this is a great way to get your friends and family to you know, travel a little bit more often because that way they know that they have somebody, they're going to stay with somebody that they know, they're not just going to a hotel or an Airbnb and are alone in the city. Um, but even if they're coming to a place where they've been before, for example, this was my parents' first time in Mexico, but if it wasn't their first time, if it was their second or third or fourth, when you're living as a digital nomad and you're going to these places and staying there for, you know, multiple weeks or multiple months at a time, you get to know that place a lot better than you would as just a tourist. And so even if this is a second or third visit to a specific place from your friends and family, they're very likely going to get an experience that is totally different than what they've experienced in the past as a tourist because you know it so much better. Uh, you know, you've had the chance to really discover those uh, tiny little, you know, secrets of that place, maybe some hole in the wall bars or restaurants that are really, really good that they would have never had the chance to experience otherwise. Uh, and so I think this is a really great way. I mean, seriously, if you are location dependent, if you have home bases all over the world, if you, you know, go and spend, you know, a few months at a time in Europe in a certain place, tell your friends and family ahead of time and then they can schedule and come and see you. And it's, we've done this a few times and it is so much fun. It's great because you get to see your friends, you get to be very, um, you know, kind of like in the moment with them. Uh, you know, you maybe they'll spend a week with you or something like that. So you really get a lot of face time for a week. You get to have uh, some amazing times with them and they get a vacation out of it. It's, it's a win-win. Uh, so I highly recommend you do that. And the third and final tip here is to, again, lean into your location independence, lean into your lifestyle as a digital nomad and actually spend more time with your loved ones. So my fiance Sarah has been living out of her home, out of her childhood home since since the end of high school because of internships and everything like that. And we had this realization that she actually hasn't gotten the chance to spend uh, her dad's birthday with her since high school. So what we decided to do was, okay, let's make sure that this summer, um, we get to spend a lot of time with him since, you know, she hasn't had the chance to spend his birthdays with him in a long time. And so just because you're living as a digital nomad or, you know, you're location independent doesn't mean that you can't use your travels to actually see more of your friends and family. 
Um, you know, go and spend time with your family for a few weeks. Go and visit a friend who lives across the country that you don't see very often. Uh, go and spend a week or two with them. You know, doesn't mean that you got to just crash in their pad and stay with them the entire time. You know, maybe get a hotel room or an Airbnb. Um, the Airbnb might be a little bit more financially feasible uh, for most people, but really lean into it and use your location independence to see more of friends and family. I remember that uh, in the very beginning when Sarah and I started living as digital nomads, her parents were kind of like, didn't really know what this was all about. It was totally foreign. They had never heard of anyone else doing it. But then when we got to go back and spend weeks with them, which we wouldn't have in the past because we had jobs here in Cincinnati and they live in Michigan, uh, they were like, okay, this is interesting. This is cool. You know, we get to see a lot more of you. So even though I think um, a lot of times living as a digital nomad, a lot of people picture it as you being pulled away from your family and friends. If you feel that you've been away and you want to kind of reconnect, there's no reason that you can't use your location events to see more of your friends and family. And something that goes along with that idea is an article um, by Tim Urban, who is the author over at Wait But Why. Um, he wrote an article called The Tail End a few years back. I don't really remember how long ago. And in this article, he talks about how little time we have left with our, with, specifically when he wrote the article, he talked about how little time he realized he had left to see his uh, parents. Uh, and he kind of did all of this math to show that he had essentially spent, uh, I think like 80 or 90% of the time that he was ever going to spend with his parents, he had already spent it uh, by the time that he was in his early 30s. I'm gonna link, uh, an, like, I'm gonna link to that article. Um, but what's interesting here is that a lot of times, even though, like even if you're living in the same city as your family and friends, how often do you really get to see them? And when you do see them, how much of that time is actually like conscious? How much of that time are you actively engaged? Um, how much of that time is actually quality time? And I think that by being location independent, even if you're further away and you maybe only get to see your family and friends once, twice, or three times a year, that doesn't mean that those times can't be way more valuable, way higher quality than if you were living in the same city and you just got to see them every week for a couple of hours. Um, so I really think this is a mindset thing. I really think that this takes time to like plan it out. And if this is something that's important to you, if it's very important to, for you to see your friends and family, um, make that, you know, put that on the forefront and really try to plan it out. Um, we try to plan out, for example, like a year in advance, when are we going to see friends and family? And when we travel, um, this is one of the really cool things is that when you do travel, uh, extensively the way that we do, you're not just leaving behind friends, you end up making new friends. And what's really cool is that then you can plan where to go based on where your friends are going to be. Uh, and so, you know, this is one of the things that we talk about with our friends all the time that are also digital nomads. Like, all right, where are you gonna be in July? Oh, you're going to this place? Great, that sounds really fun. Um, you know, maybe we'll come along and we'll get to spend some time together. And then maybe while we're in this place, we can have our, our families visit or something like that. So I think that, 
you know, taking these three tips and really consciously thinking about it and making a plan for the year of how you're going to see uh, your friends and family will help and you won't feel so like removed or so like, or like you're missing out on the friend and family time. So again, those three tips in review are Number one, no matter what, schedule a weekly time to talk with your friends and family. Let them know that you'll be calling. Make it like a constant thing that they can look forward to that's in your calendars. Uh, we like to do Sundays. You can do any other time. Uh, but make sure that depending on where you are in the world, you're scheduling that time so it's comfortable for both parties. Um, number two is to actually have your friends and family come and visit wherever you're traveling. Uh, this is, again, really important to think about where in the world you are. So if your family's in the U.S., it might be really difficult for them to get to Thailand just for a weekend. But if you're staying in Mexico, um, like we were at the beginning of the year, maybe that's a great time to have, you know, uh, parents come and then like other friends come because it's so easy. It's such a short flight. It's, it's easy travel. Um, so when you're in locations like that that are close to wherever you're from, really utilize that and lean into it. And the third one is, the third tip is to actually use your location independence to go out and see uh, friends and family more often. Go back home where your parents live, spend a week or two with them and, and really spend quality time with them or go see a friend that maybe moved away uh, and you haven't gotten to see in a while. Go and see them. So those are my three tips. I hope that's helpful uh, and make sure that you hit subscribe, uh, hit thumbs up if you like this video. Uh, we're doing weekly uh, videos now on the YouTube channel. If you're watching this on YouTube, uh, we have Monday uh, interviews with entrepreneurs and professionals in the location independent space. And Thursdays, we do more of these deep dive Thursday episodes. That's it from you guys. I hope you have uh, a great rest of the week and much love.